Hey, Westside family, Jake Gilbert here, one of the leaders in charge of our media department. Thanks for joining us for today's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. We love you guys, and enjoy. I'm going to be talking about speaking truth over our children. It really wasn't my plan, you know, to, oh, let, let's, 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 let's have messages pertaining to family before or after camp or anything like that. I can honestly say this has been the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I, I, I want us to look at an area of Scripture. So I got three sections that I'm going to read to you. They're a tad bit lengthy. And each section kind of has a different part, a different point to it, a takeaway, if you would have it concerning speaking truth over our children. What we say to and what we say about our kids is paramount in what they think about themselves, how they feel about themselves, the faith that they have in themselves, the confidence they have in themselves, and even what they pursue uh, in the future. The first thing I want us to look at, as opposed to speaking truth, is what we shouldn't do. Now, we're going to be looking at the story of Zechariah. Zechariah was John the Baptist's dad. And we see perfect examples of him speaking in a way that he shouldn't, and then God responding accordingly. And then we see him speaking in a way that we should, we should follow in his example. So, the first area of Scripture that I'm going to read you is the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 13 through 20. But the angel of the Lord said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not Believe my words, which, be, which will be fulfilled in their time. It's very important. I don't want to spend a long time on this section, and I almost omitted it, but I just couldn't get it out of my spirit. It's very important that we realize the harmful effects as a parent, guardian, grandparent, auntie, uncle, leader of the young, it's very important 
that we realize how we could have a harmful effect on the future, the destiny, and the God-established purpose for our children. I find it very interesting that the angel was putting, putting into motion the birth, the development, and the outcome of this man's son. And instead of being excited, instead of praising the Lord that a prayer was going to be answered, he began to doubt the process, the outcome, and the future of his soon-to-be son. What this says to us and the takeaway that we have with this is that when God begins to do a work in our children's life, it's so important that we do not take the road of doubt or the road of discouragement when we are expressing to them, talking to them, talking over them, or talking about them. Now this was so important that God did not tolerate it. It's very interesting. The angel didn't correct Zechariah, didn't rebuke him, didn't have a conversation about this. But, Zechariah, uh, but the angel immediately was like, because you doubted. In other words, because you could be a harmful effect for the future of your son. Because you could be a point of discouragement for your wife. Because you could be, you could mess everything up for your family's future. I'm going to shut your mouth for nine months. I'm going to keep you from speaking doubt. I'm going to keep you from speaking discouragement. I'm going to stop you from being a harmful effect to the future of your child and the future of your family and the future purpose of Almighty God. So what that says to us is God most likely will not shut our mouth for nine months, but we need to be cognitive and we need to be concerned and we need to be so sensitive to the future purpose of the children in our life that in spite of how we feel and in spite of what we see and in spite of our experience and in spite of our lack of confidence or our lack of faith, we do not need to speak doubt over our children. Are you breathing? Three of you? A lot easier said than done sometimes because we see their actions and we see what they can and what they can't. And it might be so easy to declare defeat over them. It might be easy not to believe that God can do great things through them and with them and on them. But I think it's so important that we realize a very, very true reality that if we speak doubt, then they could have doubt about themselves. If we declare discouragement, 
We could be preventing them from doing something that God has placed in their heart and God has given them a special ability to do. Or something God just wants them to experience. So we need to be mindful when we are discussing the outcomes of our kids, their future, and their present. Not to be points of doubt, not to be points of discouragement, not to collapse their cells, not to pop their balloons, not to be used by the work of the enemy to maybe prevent them from doing what God wants them to do. Let me give you some advice as a dad. Do not judge your kids how you were judged. And do not think your kids is going to fail maybe because you failed. Sometimes we live vicariously through our children for the good and for the bad. Sometimes we can discourage them because we were so discouraged. Sometimes we don't push them to do because we wouldn't do ourselves. But it's important to realize when God is doing the work in our kids, whether we see it or not, whether we feel it or not, whether we think it or not, we declare the word of the Lord over our children as opposed to maybe establish doubt, frustration, disappointment, or discouragement that could be in our heart. Number two, parents establishing the identity of the children. Luke 1, 59 through 66. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to, the, to his father, inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered, and immediately his mouth was opened, and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea, and all who heard, who all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then would this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. So this is when it got positive. Zechariah established the identity of his son based off of God's plan and God's purpose for him, not based off the plan and the purpose that was a part of tradition, part of his family's history. So historically and traditionally, John should have been called Zechariah. That was the family tradition. That was the family way. That was the family history. 
But that wasn't God's will for this child. It was God's will for him to be John. Because he was not going to be what Zechariah was. And he was not going to be anything that anybody else was in the history of that family tree. But he was going to be something different. Designated, designed, empowered, and anointed by God. And so there had to be an identity shift. And the first person to establish that identity shift or people was the mother and the father. The worst thing that we can do is establish an identity upon our children that doesn't belong on them. An identity may be based off family history. An identity based off of some of their stupid choices in the present. I've heard parents and I've seen parents declare dysfunction over their kids. Not in a way that they wanted the dysfunction to be there, but in what they felt and what they potentially saw or out of their anger. Like, you're going to be just like your granddad, speaking in a negative format or context. You irritate me so much, you're going to be just like your mom. She never shuts up. You're going to be just like your dad. He's a lazy bum and he never helps around the house. You're going to be just like your uncle. All you want to go out and do is party and fight. You're going to be just like your cousin who goes and gets stoned and gets high. You're just going to be like the rest of the family. Doesn't have a good job. Doesn't have an education. These are declarations of dysfunctional identity that should not be declared. Now, am I saying we should be ignorant and not cautious of what could occur in our children's life because of their relation to our family? No. All the contrary. We should be cautious. We should be cognitive. And we should recognize beyond a shadow of a doubt that our children might have a propensity to have a weakness toward a certain act because they were born into a family that has a weakness to a certain act. But being cautious and recognizing the propensity of it does not mean we have to declare it. I have alcoholism in my family. I have drug addiction in my family. I have adultery in my family. I have, I have uh, uh, violence and anger and fighting in my family. You can, you can go to your grave knowing that I would never, ever, ever declare that junk over my kid's life. I will never, never declare alcoholism over my kid's life, anger over my kid's life, lust over my kid's life. In fact, I declare the opposite and I make sure they're never positioned to experience what my family has experienced in their past. That past 
past is not their identity. Their identity is rooted, foundationed, and is going to be in God Almighty. Amen? What do you declare? What is the identity that you give your children? Your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, what label do you put on them? If you don't see a label with your own eyes, then you need to visualize a label by faith and see them through God's eyes. We should affirm God's will for our children. We should affirm God's purpose for our children. We should affirm God's design for our children. The Bible says, raise a child in the way they should go. Hope Koa don't mind. Since he was young, I've told him two things. I said, Koa, you're going to be a leader. I've said it over and over. And I've told him, you got a mouth on you. And that mouth can bless you or that mouth can curse you. My son is a young man of influence, and it comes, it, it comes as a gift. It comes spiritually. And I noticed it years and years ago. And my son is very witty. He can cut you like a knife with his words if he wants to. I can't argue with him. I just had to pull the dad car and say, boy, you better shut your mouth and go to your room. You better not say that to me again. He, he can't play with that. I'll take his phone away. And he's about to start driving, and I'm going to give him the keys of the truck. But I've seen that. And even in arguing, and I hope you don't mind me being transparent, and I'm, I'm definitely not doing it to brag by any means. A couple years ago, we got in a bad argument, really bad argument. He's in our kitchen at the house, and it was heated, and yeah, I lost my cool. I said things I shouldn't have said. Said things in ways I shouldn't have said. And I had to go back to him and apologize. But even in the midst of all this heat and all this, this arguing and us going back and forth, I was telling him, I'm so mad because you're a leader. Not mad that he's a leader, but mad at what he was doing opposes the leadership that he has in him. Your children, they have gifts from God. They have talents. They have abilities. And it is your job, it is my job, to affirm them. If we don't affirm them, the world will affirm them. Satan will affirm them. Some stupid boyfriend or some stupid girlfriend will affirm them in ways they don't need to be affirmed. Some gang member will affirm them. Some drug dealer will affirm them. 
some hole will firm them, some loosen the pants, quote, stud will firm them. Come on, I'm being real with you this morning. Some athlete on TV will affirm them. Some rap star, rock star, country star will affirm them. Some movie star will affirm them, and it's all fake, false affirmations. You and I, we should have the mind, the heart, and the eye to see what God is doing in our children. And we should be so willing to affirm them in the ability and the power that God has placed on them from their days of young. Amen? Yeah, that's a good time to clap. I don't mind. The third one is speaking truth over our children. couple of biblical examples. Jacob, before Jacob died, Jacob spoke blessings over his 12 children, and they all experienced these blessings. Another example that I, I, I touched on or taught on last week, Noah. Noah blessed two of his sons, cursed one of his sons. The two sons he's blessed, they lived out that blessing. The one son he cursed, he lived out that curse. We see it happening in the Bible where fathers or parents speak truth and even prophesy over their children, children according to the word of the Holy Spirit. And we have that right here in this story. This, this, this part of the story really, really blesses me. It says, And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of... I'm going too fast. Let, let me just... My mind is going somewhere else while I'm reading. So this is his father, John the Baptist's father, that is actually given a prophecy to his son. And I'm starting right at the prophecy. Right before it. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from the old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And he, got real, he gets real personal here. And you, child, talking about his own son, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Zechariah was led by the Holy Spirit to prophesy over his child. 
it's very important that we declare the truth of God. There's two things I, I want us to take in here. It's important that we declare the general truth of God over our children. What God promises for His children, we should declare over our children. That's the first one. The second one is, we should be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that if the Holy Spirit gives us, to, gives us a word to prophetically declare over our children, we should stand with all boldness and prophetically declare the word of God over our kids. So important. Because we as parents, we should affirm and we should declare. We affirm who they are and what God is in them, but we also declare truth over them. And we declare with a prophetic utterance concerning their life. But that, 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 that takes a little work on our part. That means we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, know the voice of the Holy Spirit, and speak out in the boldness of the Holy Spirit concerning our children. Zechariah prophesied over his own son. And guess what happened? His son became what he prophesied. The Bible says that John the Baptist was, one of the, was the greatest prophet. No other before him, no other after him. His power was a byproduct of his father's affirmation and his father's declaration. What are we affirming and what are we declaring in and over our children? What are we speaking to our children, over our children, and about our children? Because it makes all the difference in the world. The last part of the verse I just want to re-mention. We'll go home after this. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. So what happened here? So his parents affirmed him. His parents declared over him, and his parents positioned him. Let me say that again. His parents affirmed him. The affirmation of the identity of God in him. His parents declared over him what God had to say about him. And then his parents positioned him in a place, in a way that he could grow and become strong in spirit. What is our job as parents? Well, there's a lot, but three of them. To affirm, to declare, 
and to position. What are you positioning your children to do? Are you putting them at the right place at the right time? Are you creating opportunity for them? Are you living a life that just indirectly positions them? How are we positioning our children? Are they growing? Are they becoming strong in spirit? Are they in a holding place for God to bring them out and do what he wants to do with them? I told the church this past Wednesday, or the, the ones that was here for Bible school, that the church isn't what it used to be 10, 20 years ago, and the church is in a position of change, and it's changing drastically. And the church of tomorrow will not be what it was then, and it will not be what it is now. It's changing. So society is changing. Church influence isn't what it used to be. Tolerance of church is changing. What is accepted and not accepted is changing. I feel like the Lord spoke to me on my way home Wednesday night, and I feel like he told me there's going to be two churches, Jonathan. There's going to be an underground church, and there's going to be an open church. There's going to be the open church that sounds good, feels good, looks good, that people want to go to. Then there's going to be the underground church, and it's the church that I have set aside. It's the church that I have called. It's the church that I have empowered It's the church that is going to heal, deliver, set free. They're not going to be popular. They're going to be underground. And what he was telling to me is how to function as both. Well, why am I telling you this? Because that church will be be built And will consist of our kids. And how we raise them and how we lead them and how we guide them will determine what they do in the kingdom of God. And what they do in the church. We raise them to either come to church and get their ears tickled. To come to church and just have a nice little service and go home and do whatever. We raise them to expect A nice little message, pretty little songs, fun little events, a nice, very comfortable, unintrusive, blend with the world, seeker-friendly church. Or we condition them to go deeper and seek the face of God and to stand up for righteousness and to hold, hold to the truth of God as the way they live and what they believe in. And to stand firm against the work of the enemy. And to stand firm against the wilds that's in the world. And to stand firm against that which is happening in society that opposes the ways of God. How we raise our children determines what they will do in the kingdom and how they will exist in the church of tomorrow. It's so imperative. And when I say church, I'm not just talking about this. We have the body of Christ. 
you have a responsibility to lead your kids into godliness or worldliness. It's your number one job. What will happen in the world tomorrow? What God does in the world tomorrow is dependent on how we parent today. The effects of parenting affects the future. Amen. I'm sorry. I'm 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 so solemn today. I'm I'm I'm, I'm feeling. I'm I'm very aggro. I'm I'm very. Like, <clears throat> I'm sorry. It's nothing anybody's done. I didn't wake up on the bad side of the bed, even though my, I didn't hardly sleep because of my half or my, my death about to die dog. And they know all, oh, I'm about ready to just take them to the vet and get, get that little injection there. I'm not sleeping. I ain't slept solid for a while now because of that dog. Now, I might be sounding very cruel to you. I love my dog, but it's a dog. When you was raised in the country, kind of on a small family farm, animals around. Anyway, you know, that jump. My wife is like, oh, my God, Jonathan. Oh, my God. They're going to. It's, okay, back to the point, back to the point. So what's going on in here? It's just what I'm feeling, what I'm sensing. And it's not an emotion. My spirit has affected my emotions, but I... I'm seeing things, and I'm feeling things, and I'm witnessing things, and I'm hearing things. And, and there's this thing in me that just, we, we, we got to be godly families. It goes back about half a year ago in the middle of all this stupid COVID stuff. And God said, Jonathan, you, what you, you're to focus on for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord. Don't worry about all that junk out there. You worry about you and your house serving the Lord. And that has been so in me. We have to have godly families. Amen? All right, stand to your feet. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Let me pray over you. We don't need, we don't need music. <clears throat> Let me pray over you. Heavenly Father, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the future of the church, the future of the country, and the future of the world is dependent upon how we parent today. If we don't raise godly children, there's a big, big chance that our children will not be godly. And if our children is not godly, that means our communities will not be godly. Our cities, our state, our nation, the world will not be godly. And God, I just ask that you convict us if we are not raising our children correctly.
and lead us in wisdom to raise our children correctly. According to your word, according to your way. Open our eyes and open our hearts to affirm them according to the identity that you've created them with. And put the word upon our mouth, upon our tongue, from our lips, words of truth over them, prophetic utterances over them, insight into them for what they can do, what they'll be able to do, what they should do. And help us, Lord, to live brightly in front of them. Help us as parents to live with integrity and righteous character in front of our children. Help us if we have to go back and apologize and ask for them, ask for their forgiveness and repent to them for maybe not leading and parenting the way we should. Jesus, to establish godly homes, to consistently plant seeds of what's right and what's wrong, of how to act and not, to consistently plant seeds to remember you, to know you, and to obey you. Give us strength, Lord, to be godly parents that has a godly family so you can do in them and do through us what you've called and what you've destined. In the name of Jesus Christ, everybody said amen. amen. Can you praise the Lord? Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.